Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Welcome to the Throwing Jabs Podcast with Jace Garcia and Jared Jones. To the winner by a very unanimous decision, the fighting bride of Providence, Rhode Island, USA. Still undefeated, still WBO, middleweight, champion of the world, Demetrius Welcome to episode two of the Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast. I'm Jace Garcia, and I'm here with Jared Jones, like always. And we are going to get right down to business, recapping fights. First off, starting with this past weekend, Ray Vargas retains his WBC Super Bantamweight title against Tomoki Kameda by a unanimous decision. What do you think of that fight, Jared? Uh, decent fight. I think both guys are are skilled. I have my doubts about Vargas. I think he's a good fighter, um, but I think the bantamweight division is relatively weak, uh, uh, compared relatively speaking to the rest of the divisions in in boxing. So I like him, but I'm I have my I have my doubts about how good he really is. Yeah, I agree with you. As well, we're gonna recap two weeks ago because. Demetrius Andrade dominantly defends his WBO middleweight title in a unanimous decision. Casual fans aren't going to like it because he outboxed Selecki very, very, like just outclassed him. But it was a solid fight. Andrade made a name for himself and shows why he, he needs to be next in line for either Canelo or Triple G. I totally there. agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I was here uh, in one of our in one of our very first uh, practice episodes talking up this Andrade kid. He's uh, right from over in Providence. He's a local guy, and he's a phenomenal fighter. I mean, we can't have them all be Arturo Gattis. I really like the way that this guy fights. He breaks the other fighter down. He's so skilled, and he completely outclassed the other guy. I was. Uh, Impressed again with Andrade. I think he is the next in line. Yeah, yes, be From that same night, there's another person in talks to be the next in line. As Jermall, not Jermel, Charlo, defended his WBC middleweight title against Brandon Adams via another, another unanimous decision. Now, this one wasn't as dominant as Andrade, but Charlo did get injured during the fight. And he was able to tough through it. This kid, Brandon Adams, I said I said two weeks ago, was a solid, solid fighter. I didn't think he was going to win, but I thought he was going to make things difficult for Charlo. And he, without a doubt, did that. That kid brought it. All the respect in the world for Brandon Adams. Charlo, way to fight through adversity. I can respect that. But um, when we're talking about heir parents, I'll take Andrade's performance way before charlo's he he uh adams is a guy that's difficult to look good against though so you got to give him the benefit of the doubt there yeah if you're talking about triple g or canelo or one of these pound pound guys i want to see andrade i want to see charlo maybe give him some a couple more names make him 
prove himself a little bit more. But yeah, definitely Andrade. Talking about these big guys, the biggest of them all in all of boxing, Canelo Alvarez and his promotion, Golden Boy Promotions, have chosen to postpone their September 14th fight date. Now, what does this mean for Canelo Alvarez? That's, that means he's caught up in the politics. You know, fighters are supposed to fight. We talk a lot about politics on this cast, and it's because it's infected our sport. And this is just another case of that, is, is politics infecting boxing and making it something different than it's supposed to be. It should be about the fans, it should be about the fighters, it should be about the sport, and not about the different promotions and sanctioning bodies and the BS that we get wrapped up in, in our sport in particular, due to lack of a national commission. I don't know if it's really political. It might be, I don't know, maybe Canelo. There has been no real news besides it's getting postponed. Canelo might have an injury or something like that. But if you look at it, I like to use the UFC as comparison all the time. Yeah. And if you look at the top fighters in the UFC, they're fighting once a year, maybe at most twice a year. Canelo is the top money fight in in boxing. So why can't he just only fight once a year? I don't see this as a bad thing. I think it's good it spreads out the amount of fights we get because in the month of June, we just got fights back to back to back. And now we got to go through this long rest of like no big fights. We we have the fight we're going to be talking about, Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao. But after that, there's... No big What's names. What's on the horizon? Yeah, yeah, that'll get casuals involved until Deontay Wilder or something. Well, and that's the answer to your first question, I think. If you're not Canelo Alvarez, if you're not, you know, the Oscar De La Hoyas or the Shane Mayweathers or whoever, you know, if you're not a huge name in boxing, then how are people going to figure out who you are? You only fight once a year and you figure your career is going to be, you know, 15 years. So, you, you know. Ali had his bum of the month club for, for Joe Lewis because these guys fought about once a month. And that's when boxing was in its heyday. And I think that's part of why we recognized the guys because we just saw them fight two weeks ago. Um, when these guys that you don't know as well are fighting once a year, every nine months, it's just hard to keep track of all the names. Yeah, and Canelo, he, he did that. On his way up, he was fighting yeah. more and more. And now why can't he just take a break, take some time, because he is getting older. Yeah. And starting your pro career at the age of 14, aging throughout that, it's going to take tolls on your body. So I do like this for him. I agree, I agree with you at that. His stature, it's up to him. You know, the questions came out after Anjad's performance about him uh, not necessarily taking his foot off the gas, but not going in for the kill. And he said, uh, the people that want you to go to war in the ring are not the same people that are going to show up at the hospital. I think that was a really, really smart and well-worded response to the question he was asked. And it's true. And it's true in life, too. You know, the people that really are, rawr, go out there and get it for the entertainment factor are not the people that really care about you and have your best interests in mind. So if he's got his own best interests in mind, he's got a big enough name, he doesn't really, as far as relatively speaking in boxing and the rest of the world, he doesn't need to go build his brand. He doesn't need this particular fight to get his name out there. Like you said, he's one of the names in boxing. So 
So if you want a break at this point, I'd say you've earned it. Prior to this, there were a bunch of rumors coming out about Callum Smith being possible opponent, Andrade, Triple G again, and for that September 14th fight date. But now that that's moved, do you see, are people going to wait? Are these, are any of these guys going to wait until Canelo announces he is going to fight again? Are they going to get back in there? What What do you see happening? I don't mind Triple G fighting Andrade. I'd like to see that fight. I don't mind Canelo and Andrade. I'd like to see that fight. I've been clear that I think Andrade is the next guy, and I like Triple G over Canelo. I thought I thought a legitimate argument could be made that he won both of those fights. What I would say about this list is that Callum Smith, I don't believe, belongs on it. I don't think he's got the pedigree. I don't think he had the amateur standing. I don't think he's got the opponents thus far in his professional career to justify that kind of fight. I think the other guys on that list, yeah, I'd watch any any of them fight any of them. I hope something does get done. If they do choose to wait till Canelo, I, I can't blame them. That is the money fight. We will have fights to tide us over then. Yeah. This past weekend, there were the ESPYs, and Andy Ruiz Jr. Woo. won the ESPY for upset of the year. Yes, sir. And this is this is super deserving. Yeah. And it really did take that upset. It did take that upset over Anthony Joshua, who I had my doubts about all this whole time, this whole process, when there was just a big three, Fury, Wilder, and Joshua. But Andy Ruiz coming out, no one really knowing who he was, stepping in short notice, and... People count him out just off his looks. They didn't know his background. They didn't know that he had only had one split decision loss to Joseph Parker in his home country of New Zealand. Yeah. That was a split decision. Yeah, you could make an argument he won that fight too. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think of him winning upset of the year? I think if there were other upsets that, I mean, the other nominees I looked into, maybe they were bigger sports upsets, you know, relatively speaking, but there was not as exciting an upset as this. I mean, that it's the thing the sport of boxing has that none of the, they, the rest have is when it works. It's the most exciting. That one held all of the pop when you watch those videos. Somebody won a soccer game they weren't supposed to win. It's a little less yeah. exciting. And I agree with what you're saying about people sleeping this guy based on the way he looks. His um his um of age amateur record 105 and 5. Like that that that's that's bananas. This is this is one of the better amateur records you're going to see out there, especially nowadays. Some of it is is where he came up. But this guy is a really really good fighter. Like the the heavyweight division is is on notice. Boxrec has this guy as the number one heavyweight in the world, and it's hard to argue with him. You look back at his how he beat, who he's lost to, what he's done. Like you said, the Parker fight is uh, you know, questionable. Questionable. Yeah, is the word I was looking for. He gets better to me every time I watch him. Every time I look him up, he gets a little bit better. Every time I do a little bit of research or read something about him or watch a video, um, or watch one of his fights. This guy's a little bit better than I thought I would. And that happens to me literally every time I Google this guy's name and look something up. I come up with, huh, he's better than I thought I was, than he was. And uh, yeah, I like him. Wilder shouldn't fight this guy. 
this is one of the guys he should kind of duck on his way and let somebody else take that one for him. He's he's he. I don't think he has the jab to keep this guy on the outside, and I don't think he has the chin to trade with him. I'd take Ruiz over Wellner. See, I don't know about that. Maybe, but Ruiz, even in that Joshua fight, he was getting hit. He he was the first one to go down. Yeah, and when. When Deontay Wilder connects, <laughs> you go to sleep. So Unless you're Tyson Fury, unless, you stay down. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury says, based on a video you can check out on the Throwing Jabs Facebook page, as well as on the Throwing Jabs Twitter, the official quote is, I've got, a, I've got an October date, which has not yet been announced officially. Then I got then I got the Wilder rematch, and that's it really. So things seem to be moving in the right direction for Tyson Fury. I hope to God that that October bout isn't. I, I don't want him to lose because that would because <laughs> that would just mess everything up. But I also don't want it to be a tomato can. Yes. Yeah. Well, and here we are, one at a time. You shouldn't be to. I if this is a classic case of where a guy's talking about, you know, whenever they ask the Patriots and Belichick what they we're just worried about next week's game, we're just trying to win next Sunday. That's all. And that's his answer to every question. Don't talk about the playoffs. Don't talk about three weeks down the road. And this is a perfect example. If Tyson Fury should take a page out of the book of anyone here, it's uh, Anthony Joshua. Don't look past that guy you think you can be to your next big money fight with Deontay Wilder because that's the exact same thing Anthony Joshua did before he got knocked out. You're right. Take a lesson from Joshua that you now don't have to learn yourself. And whoever you get in October, take that man seriously. That has seemed to become a something that's happened Pattern. throughout the heavyweight division yeah. right now because... Still, Deontay Wilder is still saying, after Ortiz, I'm fighting Fury again. Again, yes. And, and then, Ortiz is a bad man. Yeah. And Fury comes out and says this. So, th this is a reoccurring thing that's going on with the heavyweight division. Which, I don't blame Fury or Wilder because they are on the top. Mm -hmm. They are the best of the best right now. But it, it it is tough to look past someone like that, and I'm not saying I'm not saying they're looking past them, but looking forward to a fight before the other fight is. Yeah, promoting your guys' February fight when you both have one between now and then. Yeah, it's dangerous. But it also does help sell the October fight. Yeah, it, like you said, at their stature, it makes sense. Yeah, to do, but it's dangerous. We're talking about Wilder and Ortiz, too. It is official. It's going to happen in September. Late September. They haven't given a date yet. But it is official, official. We talked about it before in past episodes. Wilder kept saying Ortiz, then Fury. But there was nothing official about Ortiz. So, just coming out and giving that update. As well as we got some sad news. Pernell Whitaker. Oh. Dies at the age of 55 after getting struck by a car in Virginia Beach. It's sad to see someone go. 
Jared, you are the boxing head. Do you have any fond memories of Pernell Whitaker? Oh, come God. To mind? This was this was a better, I want to say, a better version of Floyd Mayweather. A fast, defensive. This is the best defensive fighter that I got to watch while they were fighting in my lifetime. You know, and, and he's up there with Floyd Mayweather. Willie Pep has to get a mention here. Um, the greatest defensive fighter in the history of boxing Pernell Whitaker's on a very very short list and I was sad to see him go I feel like when people do that with their youth there's something about the beauty of youth that we don't really understand until we're older so for him to be just 55 I you know, when they told Kathy Duva that Pernell Whitaker died, the first thing she said was, I hate July. In July of 2009, uh, we lost Alexis Arguello, Vernon Forrest, and Arturo Gatti to extenuating circumstances before it was their time to go. And uh, Ms. Duva was quoted as saying, they got robbed. When you've got a legacy like those guys have, you really do get to be that person for the rest of your life and enjoy a lot of things you don't think about when you're young. And I agree with her. Pernell Whitaker is the most recent, recently was robbed of what he had left of his life to be the guy that was Pernell Whitaker, the boxer. It's, it's unfortunate. Pernell Whitaker was before my time, but looking back after, after hearing this news, going back and going through what he's done and what he's accomplished. It's, it's, it's been great. Pretty impressive. Now, uh, to lighten the mood, we got another Who You Got. This was something I was scrolling through Facebook <laughs> looking at, and it it's on the Throwing Jabs Facebook page as well. Who would win 1987 Mike Tyson versus 2019 Deontay Wilder? Woo, I like this one. Who you got? I, it, it's tough. It is tough because one punch from one, either guy, from either one, <laughs> someone's going, this is a fight that you could play a hundred times. It's never going to be the exact same. I'm going to take Deontay Wilder here because, Ooh. because he does have the power. Mike Tyson, definitely the better boxer, but. Deontay Wilder has a 12-inch reach advantage, and and if he get if Mike Tyson were to get clipped by anything coming in, that that's night night. And I feel like I'm I'm taking Tyson all day, and it's because of what he did in his fights. The he he would be the better boxer in this fight, and if we remove those last two fights at the end of his career when he was you know, obviously on his way out. He beat everybody he was a better boxer than. You look at the guys that were able to control Mike, that were able to not get knocked out, and then eventually win the fight, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, Buster Douglas. Now, Buster Douglas obviously wasn't as good as the other two on that list, but his jab was phenomenal. Holyfield's jab was phenomenal. Deontay Wilder loved the guy, can't hold a candle to Lennox Lewis's jab. Their jabs were fundamental in keeping, I mean, he's Mike Tyson, 
away from them. And if you can't keep Mike Tyson away from you, you're in trouble. I believe that this who you got fight between Tyson and Wilder would be a little bit like Andy Ruiz and Wilder in that the smaller guy gets closer because of the, the, the lack of true, pure boxing skills on the part of Deontay Wilder. If he had that Lennox Lewis jab, I'd take him over Mike. But I think he's a little bit, like you said, sloppier boxer. Everybody, everybody that beat Tyson was a better boxer than he was and had a phenomenal jab. Yeah. Uh, it, it is tough to call. The, the reach, like I said. A foot of reach is hard to get over. Yeah. I agree with you there. That's hard to get past. Especially against someone who, if they touch you at all, can put you to sleep. So it, it, is, it is something that I wish we could see. I wish we could get a time machine and make this fight happen. Yeah. But it's all speculation from here on out. Now, moving on to this weekend, July 20th, we have some fights. And we're going to start off with the not as big one, but still a great fight on the zone in the heavyweight division. Dillian White, he's 18 and 1. He has a win over Joseph Parker, and he lost to Anthony Joshua. Takes on the undefeated 18 and 0. Oscar Rivas in a WBC heavyweight eliminator fight. Now, Rivas is a strong up-and-comer. So is Dillian White. But Dillian White has fought the guys already. This is the first prove-yourself fight for Rivas. And what do you see happening in this I fight? am really looking forward to this fight. Um, Dillian White... I'm on again, off again with this guy, but we we touched on knowingly or unknowingly Oscar Rivas earlier in this podcast when we said that Andy Ruiz Jr. had a documented 105 and five amateur record. One of those five losses is Oscar Rivas. This guy is the real deal. I think he may beat Dillian White. I I don't think he'll be the favorite. But he's got a legitimate chance to win that fight. I, I don't know who's going to win this fight. This is just a good fight. Like, I'm just super excited for this fight. I don't necessarily... Yeah, I don't know. It, it is one of those fights. It's close. Yeah, it's close. Revis by KO if you want. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Dillian White has the better professional yeah. opponents. And... So it is tough. It is tough to call. I feel like, yeah, one of them has the professional experience and the other one has the amateur pedigree. Yeah. And I'll take the amateur pedigree over the professional experience but then in this case. Also, but the thing with the amateurs, where where he beat Andy Ruiz, but what type of Andy Ruiz was that? That that definitely was not the, the, same. the champion right now, yeah. Andy Ruiz. True. And where has Revis gone from there been since then yeah yeah also that night fox pay-per-view the big fight of the night keith thurman defends his wba welterweight title against the pac-man mm. manny pacquiao who what do you think one time i'm taking one time thurman but i'm gonna i'm gonna do it with a disclaimer that manny pacquiao has surprised me 
over and over and over again. In his 70 fights, I don't think I've been off base more times about a guy. I did pick uh, Juan Manuel Marquez in their first fight that ended up a draw. But aside from liking Marquez over Pacquiao in, in every fight, there have been just been times that he lost where I thought he would dominate and times that he won when I thought he was over it. He, he has never ceased to surprise me in one way or another. So he goes on there and get, looks old and gets knocked out. It's uh, less surprised. I'm a little desensitized to Manny Pacquiao surprises because he's done it so many times. Yeah. Um, Don't count him out. I agree with you. I think Thurman's going to take this. And I agree. Manny Pacquiao does come out, and he puts it all on the line. He sh- he shows him be- his best self, and that is always surprising. But the one thing I would love to see is Pacquiao get the dub because there have been rumors and talks about Pacquiao, Mayweather too, and that would be – That'd just be something that I would enjoy. But, yeah, Thurman's going to get this. And an underlying story here that isn't being talked about is Freddie Roach is on a sort of a skid here. And he's he's Manny's guy. Freddie Roach, two weekends ago, cornered one fighter in Las Vegas... Then fl- flew down to Houston and cornered Brandon Adams against Jermail Charlo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both losses in that week, in that weekend. And going back, Freddie Roach is on a skid. And I don't know if, I don't know how that is going to play into this fight. Because Manny Pacquiao has seen it all. He's done it all. But Freddie Roach in the corner, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think for Pacquiao, it brings familiarity. I think, uh, and I hate to say this about Freddie Roach, you know, I think he's a great guy. I think he's an excellent trainer. But if you're 18 years old, that shouldn't be your head trainer. Father Time's undefeated. Roach has had a hell of a hell of a run. So I think for Manny Pacquiao, it's good. You have 70 fights. This has been your guy. There's camaraderie. This is the guy you're going to listen to. This is the guy you're going to hear. You know, somebody yeah. could have the best advice for you in the world. If you don't trust them, then you're not going to take it. If they don't think you don't think they have your best interest in mind. So those two, knowing all of those things about each other, I think it's it's good. But if you're out there, a young buck looking to get into the game and need a head trainer, I don't think that Roach, if you don't already have that camaraderie with him, I'm not sure he's the best trainer for you. The last big fights that Freddie Roach was in the corner of was Obviously, Pacquiao Broner, and then it it wasn't even a win, but he was in Tyson Fury's corner against Wilder. So Mm -hmm. it's been a while for him. Keep the old dogs together. I think Keith Thurman has this, and he's going to get the W. That's most likely scenario from my point, too. Yeah, so that's it for fights this weekend. Jared, hit me with that flurry. You got it, man. Today's flurry is about you, you the listener, anybody out there that's a a boxing fan and has ever thought about getting involved in the sport. I'm sending out my exemption to letter to USA Boxing. I have the Connecticut State Police Department and the 
uh, boxing commissioner in Connecticut, who also happened to be the official of the year last year for USA Boxing, Jason Conception, signing off on my exemption letter to USA Boxing in Colorado to get Scrub Scraps approved, my beginner's boxing program. So it comes before amateur. And so I'm going to give you a list of the standards that are different from USA Boxing. Um, Direct links to local physical and mental health resources and services. I think a lot of people that get involved in boxing have other stuff going on. And the therapeutic value that is inherent in boxing, if we all agree that's there, then we should be looking for ways to connect it directly to the boxing. All of those things would be voluntary. You're not going to show up at the gym and get a therapy session. you know. But if you decide that you need some help with anything, this gym is going to be one of the places you can go. Um, The second one is mandatory training prior to events. Currently, USA Boxing has no experience necessary, but if you show up to an amateur boxing event with no experience, these kids are wolves. You're going to get hurt. So what I do is make a mandatory training period. You have to be in the gym. I have to know you. I have to have worked with you. It just makes everything run a little smoother when people have some experience with gloves on before they start fighting. Optional glove sizes. Under 140-pound people have to wear 8-ounce gloves. I think if two consenting adults want to use 16-ounce gloves, seeing as the, the medical community is, is undecided over which one of these things is neurologically safer. It goes back and forth. Some people will tell you one thing. Some people will tell you another thing. It's how bare-knuckle boxing got approved, is that half of the medical community thinks this is a safer way to do it. So they're kind of split on the subject. So if the top minds in America are split on a subject, then why aren't the people able to make the decisions for themselves? If two consenting adults want to use 16-ounce gloves instead of eights, they should be allowed. That's another one of the changes. Master's headgear, same idea. They make you wear 8-ounce helmets instead of 16s. I want 16s and 16s to be optional. Two guys want to fight with, with, you know, no headgear, 8-ounce headgear, 16-ounce headgear. That should be optional for the fighters. Again, consenting adults. All the contests take place on an NCAA-style wrestling mat at floor level. NCAA-style wrestling mats are 38 feet. Amateur boxing rings have to be between 16 and 20 feet. What that means is you could put four boxing rings on an NCAA wrestling mat. So it's much bigger. You have much more room to move around. You'll never get trapped up against the ropes. And all you have to do to get a break is back up too far. Once you get out of that circle, just like wrestling, everybody break, let's bring them back to the middle. There's no falling out of the ring. There's no trapped up against the ropes. There's no bouncing off the ropes into a punch. All those things kind of strike me as dangerous. So there's no ropes. You just box on a mat. Participants have little to no mixed martial arts experience. This is a beginner's boxing league if you're already an amateur boxer with two fights. If you won a karate tournament as a kid, if you got a college scholarship to play sports, this probably isn't for you. You know, if you could hack it in amateur boxing, then this may not be for you. This is for people that are at a lower level just beginning and want to, you know, get their feet wet in the game. And the last one is intramural matches only. I trust I touched a little bit on it during the mandatory training session, but every participant in the 62 events of Scrub Scraps I've sparred with. There's over 250 members. I've boxed with all of them. I wore hand pads and taught all of them how to throw punches. 
Now, when I go out to match up two guys, I don't want my guy to win because they're both my guys. So this is another safety thing that makes it significantly different than USA Boxing is I'm not getting my 10 or 15 guys from my gym as tough as I possibly can, bringing them out to a, uh, an event and trying to go 15 and 0 so we can all be the biggest and baddest. And, you know, I want everybody's record after two fights to be one and one. That's what's in my best interest because every time I see a fight, I've got a guy out there that I've built some affinity for losing a fight. And I've got a guy out there that I care about winning a fight in every single fight. So my best interest is just to make them as even as possible. And if you're listening out there, reach out to Scrub Scraps if that stuff sounds interesting to you. You would show up at the gym. You don't. Boxing's the only sport where you have to do it like a full-time job to reach the first level. If you want to be an amateur fighter, you're showing up at the gym three hours a day. You probably have another two hours you're working out outside of that. About 30 hours a week, some of them 40, 50. For a title fight, they say 10 hours a day for 10 weeks. That's not something you do casually. But I can join a slow-pitch softball team and be competing next week. I have a wiffle ball team that never practices. You can play flag football right now, no matter what size or athletic ability you are. Pick up basketball. That's it. Any, any other sport is going to have a way in. Except for amateur boxing is the only thing where you can stop by the gym two, three times a week for 10 years, as I did, and never get that first amateur fight because it's not 10 hours a day, you know, because you're not. I'm talking about somewhere you could stop every Tuesday for... A month and you know once I think you have the skills down enough to protect yourself I can match you up against somebody your size and your skill level and open this thing up to everybody even the casual fan even you you want somebody your weight class your your skill level I'd find that I had I have yet to get somebody that oh well I can't do it because if you're in the gym for two months Another you is going to walk into the gym and you're going to be able to beat that guy. And that's what amateur boxing doesn't do is take advantage of the fact that the guy that's been there for two months, even though he may not be a world beater, he may not be ready for other amateur fighters. Everybody in the gym can beat up the guy that was, is there for the first time. So you utilize that hierarchy to get everybody wins and losses. And these are life lessons that you're passing out, you know, that we're not, we're not all going to be pro fighters, but the people that want to try it, the people do it for recreation. And it's also the most entertaining thing. If you pull up to a four way intersection and see a basketball game on one corner and a baseball game, and then a football game and a fist fight, everybody's watching the fist fight. If people want to do this and other people want to watch it, this is a supply and demand thing. It's the USA Boxing regulations and red tape that I've been spending the last two years walking through that needs to get make room for the rest of us. This is boxing for everybody else. So if you haven't done that type of thing before, you want to check it out, this will be the thing for you. That sounds great. All this stuff, all the, everything you're saying makes sense and it's common sense to give people a choice and everything and also one thing i've heard from 
uh, trainers and past boxers about the amateur ranks is you don't necessarily know who you're fighting. You go, you fight someone that says they're 0-1 and this is your first fight. They actually have 50 fights under their belt. Show up and it's totally different. Well, and that's why they're intramural matches only. So you don't have some trainer looking out for his fighter and looking out for his own best interests and trying to turn these guys professional and make money someday. You have whoever trained both guys saying, I think this would be a good matchup. Well, who would know better than their trainer? Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. If they want to reach out to you, Facebook, right? Yeah, Jared Jones on Facebook. There's also a Scrub Scraps group on Facebook, and we'll be setting setting everything else up as soon as this exemption letter gets approved by USA Boxing. You've been, I know you. I've seen all the stuff on Facebook and that stuff. You've been working your ass off to get this to work, and I'm proud of what you've accomplished so far. Thank and you, my friend. I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna make it work. As well as for the show, that's gonna be it. Uh, you can. You can like us on Facebook, Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast, as well as at Throwing Jabs on Twitter. I'm Jace Garcia. That's Jared Jones. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.